Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and of course, the data that they use to make decisions. And I'm very excited today because we have a fun guest, uh, Freightway's friend and familiar face, um, who is in charge of writing a, a number of articles in regards to retail supply chains, the technology behind them. Um, and we've actually talked about a number of his articles in the past. So before we get into that, I wanted to talk about technology that's going to be affecting our community. So of course, you know, Point of Sale is not just a podcast, but we are a community with a community newsletter. It comes out twice a week as well. So everyone, make sure that only are you subscribing to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, but that you are also um, uh, also subscribing to our newsletter at www.freightwaves.com slash POS. And um, part of that is we actually now have a new updated Freightways app. Uh, if you guys might have seen the uh, article I put out on this earlier this week, but if you go to the Freightways app, if you've had it downloaded already, you'll notice that it's got a lot of new features on there. If we could pull up um, the community chat option um, to show them, we have a really great fun way for you guys to actually communicate with our communities. So um, if you go on the app, you'll see on the top of the screen, or if you go to groups under the chat button, you will see point of sale. Click on that. There's already messages from me in there, and now we can talk to each other. So if there's anything that you guys are interested in discussing on the show, or want to hear more about, or just, you know, want to kind of shoot around an idea on a random weekday, feel free to throw that in there. Um, I will be monitoring, monitoring that and uh, getting back with you guys and any ideas that you have. So um, make sure that you guys are, are jumping in that app and, and keeping up to date with everything that's going on with our communities. I'm really excited about the chat feature in general because I want to try to implement it into future shows as well, get your opinion on uh, different things live as we're doing the show. Um, so yeah, it should give us a really interesting way to not only communicate with you guys directly, but have our guests communicate with our audience as well in the future. So go on your phones now, um, download that app or check the app out if you already have it on your phone. Make sure, again, you're subscribing to the newsletter and you're subscribing to the show as well. Now, uh, we wanted to talk about one of my favorite pieces of news that came out this week. I'm a huge Serena Williams fan. Um, I <laughs> wish I could play tennis. I'm probably the one person in my family that struggles with it. It's not my absolute favorite sport, but it's a sport I really wish I could do well. Unfortunately, not the skills for it, but I love watching it. And Serena Williams, I think for a lot of women out there, as we're you know, talking about women, uh, Women's History Month, has had um, an, a big impact on us. She's a, a great role model, not just for the sport, but I think for women in general. Um, even you know, a few years back, <laughs> she had that really interesting quote when everyone <laughs> was on her about cheating. You know, if I don't cheat, I'd rather lose. And I think that for me was something that um, I always stand by. You know, for me, it's I, I'd rather try and fail and, and pick myself up than than ever go about it the wrong way. So. Earlier this week, we found out that Serena Williams is actually now a freight tech investor as well. So um, we actually, uh, er earlier in, uh, in this year, a couple of weeks ago, actually, 
her venture fund, Serena Ventures, raised $111 million. And she invests in all types of different technology. It's actually one of the first things that her and her husband, you might know Alex, is uh, one of the uh, founders of Reddit. Uh, it was one of the first things that they actually um, really connected with, is, is talking about investments and just technology in general. And so she started this uh, her Serena Ventures Fund, which is 80% uh, women of color make up her team, and it's all women. Um, There's two uh, partners within it, herself and one of her friends as well. And she started it because she actually went to a Goldman Sachs, I believe, uh, um, event. And during that, found out that 2% of all venture money goes to women. So 98% of it has been going to males this whole time. And clearly unfair advantage there and it's something she really wanted to change so she started her own fund and under the first round of funding she was able to invest in about um 76 percent of her founders uh ended up being underrepresented uh either women women of color um or latino as well and so she just raised a second fund for 111 million and one of her first things that she was able to invest in is a company called calico uh, which is, <laughs> makes me think of my cat immediately. But uh, Calico is a really interesting business model. It's a network of apparel and jewelry factories. Uh, as you guys know, she has her own apparel lines. And this was something that when she was um, starting her own ventures, was having an issue with trying to find the right person, the right type of apparel company to help support her brand. Uh, and this can be difficult for people who are just starting their own businesses. It's it's difficult to find the right manufacturer for your goods. Uh, so she uh, just recently invested on Tuesday to Toronto-based Calico for $2.1 million. She did lead that round. Uh, other investors in it were Maple VC. Uh, Inovia Capital, Hyphen Capital, and actually three angel investors, uh, Slack CFO, Alan Shim, Italic CEO, Jeremy Lai, and Ancestry CEO, Deborah Lee. Um, and it's, it's interesting, too, because I think this one in particular, you know, is a network or marketplace that we've never really talked about before. We've talked about um, creating a marketplace for last mile drivers. We've talked about even manufacturing networks. But um, this type of factory, jewelry and apparel in general, is a new one. So it was fun for me to read about this in general. And um, what really I really liked about this, and this is really great for new businesses in particular, is they help businesses with lines of credit. So um, they allow a lot of these um uh, businesses up to 30 days to pay for their shipments. Um, when most times these businesses usually have to pay for a lot of their costs up front. As we all know, when you're starting a new business, it's difficult to manage cash and cash flow. So that's a huge uh, perk for them as well. And it's a one, um, one suite, one tool for them to manage not only their uh, network of factories, but their inventory, order management, and it's a actually accessible to both the brand and the suppliers as well. So they're able to communicate if there's any um, shortages or delays and things of that nature. Um, other major areas that Serena herself has invested in is a company called Foodie, which is a marketplace for culinary experts, including herself. Actually, some really good, uh, really good recipes on there from Serena herself. Um, Shopping Gives, which is actually a really, really cool system that integrates with POSs for uh, companies to set up donations, right? So when you go to a store and they say, hey, do you want to round up? 
to the next dollar in order to help this uh, nonprofit. That uh, is a company that could help do that. Zipline uh, is one I've heard of before as well. It's a productivity tool for businesses, um, specifically for hourly um, employees to, to not only manage their own time, but figure out the correct um, schedule for them. It really helps with creating that flexible schedule. We all know people are working for more of a, looking for more of a work-life balance. So that right there checks it off. And then um, Adela is actually, Andela is another um, investment she's made, which helps find remote engineering teams for companies as well. So um, we talked, you know, this last uh, week on how women have been affected by retail and how department stores helped get them to this point where they can create their own businesses. And I think bringing up Serena and showcasing another, you know, women in history who's not only affected her family, her fans, the people that look up to her, but she's also a part of our own freight tech community as well. Um, so yeah, that is a snippet on Serena. And actually this news came from the guests that we actually have today. So I want to introduce you guys to one of my favorite Freight Waves journalists. You guys have heard me talk about him before. I brought him up in our newsletter. We've referenced his articles in the past. Uh, Jack Dalio, if you could jump on here. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm excited to have you on the show. You are a great writer. Just let me say that first off. I wish I could get the quality that you are. You are like, <laughs> I think a lot of people say they like my writing. If you like my writing, you guys have to check out Jack. So thank you so much for taking the time and, and joining me today. I appreciate the flattery, Grayson. Thanks for having me on. Uh, excited to be here. Yeah. And uh, one thing I really like about your writing, I think, is is we, we tend to write about the same thing. We're looking at more of the modern shipper, right? <laughs> Literally modern shipper platform, uh, more of this technology that's that's fueling retail and the investments behind it. Uh, but, you know, I was looking up your past and you haven't always been reporting on these subjects. So, uh, but you always have been in journalism. So what made you what made you want to be a journalist? At one point in your life, did you say, hey, this is this is something I want to do for a living? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, I think I probably got the itch starting my senior year of high school, and it was something that I pursued throughout college. Um, so, you know, before Freight Waves, I was in a pretty different space. Uh, I was mainly writing about the outdoors. Uh, I was doing album reviews. Um, so, so really, really different stuff. Um, you know, and I came across freight waves, not really knowing really anything about the supply chain industry. Um, and, you know, when I clicked on the site, I found myself reading about all these different topics from, uh, you know, uh, freight and space and, uh, direct consumer cannabis delivery and things like this that I never expected to see, uh, on that site. Um, and I think it just goes to really show how all encompassing the supply chain is. And, uh, you know, I see, I saw Freightway as an opportunity to really write about whatever I want to, because everything is connected to the supply chain. I like that you brought that up because a lot of times how people reach out to me and they're like, you know, how I, I've always been interested. I, I work in supply chain. Like, how did you get to this point where you wanted to write about it? And one, it's kind of. You just kind of write about what you're passionate about and what you find interesting. And in two Freightway's leadership style wise, they, they let you run with what you're passionate about. And so I'm glad that you've like picked up on that, that when 
you know, you come and you work here, like you make your own, your own path. And that's what I really like about um, working with Mike and a lot of our leadership is, you know, they trust us to, to find the heartbeat of what really makes the supply chain go. So um, as someone looking into Freightways, it's, it's good that it comes off that way because that's truly what the culture is. Um, what surprises you most about like supply chain in general? Like as you started here and started doing your research, like, um, what about the technology or even just the space was like, oh, this is like something I never really thought about. I think just the sheer amount of innovation going on is really interesting to me. Um, you know, pretty much every retailer nowadays is looking to to innovate on their supply chain because it's no longer just a, a cost base that they're thinking about. It's a, it's a way to to drive revenue. Um, so just the sheer amount of, of funding and, and innovation being poured into the space is really incredible. And uh, already some really fascinating things have come out of it. Um, you know, we have the ability now to to automate all these different supply chain processes, um, to to have real time visibility on where goods are along the supply chain, whether they're out on the ocean, out on the road, uh, on the store shelves, or in the warehouse. Um, yeah, I just think it's really um, really incredible to see um, all of this come out of the industry, and it's exciting that there's still so much more innovation to come. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to helping break it down at the Future of Supply Chain event in May. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that event up. It's uh, it's going to be really fun. And I think uh, a lot of the the speakers that are going to be there, a lot of the companies I saw that are attending are are companies that you and I write about all the time. And I'm I'm really happy that you get to, you're going to get an opportunity myself as well to meet a lot of these leaders that we talk to and a daily, weekly, monthly basis and and really see their technology in action. Um, the Freightways events are, I'm going to brag about this now for everyone, but they're really, really fun and they're very inclusive. Like they get you into the actual technology and not only, clearly there'll be demos that we are showcasing rapid demos, but you get to talk to these leaders one-on-one, -on -one. you get to see their technology right in front of you. You get to play with it, work it, try to see how it could fit into your own businesses. Um, so it's it's a really fun and interactive experience that um, really gives you the exclusive that's going on behind the scenes. And I guess for you, Jack, like what um, technology is like the most exciting for you? Like when you see, I don't know, something come across uh, your your desk, your email per se, What what is the type of topics that you're really intrigued by? I think one thing that always intrigues me is, is drones. I always get excited whenever I'm assigned a story <laughs> on drones or I see some news come out, um, just because you know it's so it's so interesting what they're able to do. Um, I've written about a lot of drone companies and um, just some of the the ways that they're able to deliver goods. Uh, there are there are companies that can airdrop uh, your your order from a restaurant directly into your backyard. Uh, there are companies that are hauling hundreds of pounds of of cargo freight over the middle mile using drones. Um, and I just think uh, it's, it's really fascinating and that there's, you know, the, the sky is, no pun intended, the sky is the limb really for <laughs> drones. Um, and I, I just think there's a lot more to come in that space. Definitely. And you know what? I'm really, I'm glad you brought up zones, drones because Zipline, um, I believe has in Rogers, the um, drone, their first drone location with Walmart. 
So I'm looking forward to trying to go by and see that um, in action and just see what that looks like. I've seen aerial shots of it, um, but I believe this is the you know, first time for me to get, at least get close to it and see how it actually works. Um, I'm, I want to almost like order something and, tr and try to see if it actually gets delivered to me in a drone. I think that'd be really, really cool. I think you've <laughs> written about Zipline before too. <laughs> I have, yeah. They they actually do have um, about three or four locations in uh, in Arkansas where they're delivering out of WalMarts, um, and it's it's really fascinating that they they even built um, sort of a little helipad on top of the stores uh, to to launch the drones out of. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm that we're gonna have to work on that together and and do like a video or something um, to to showcase what that actually looks like in real life. Um, one of the reasons I actually did want to have you on in particular today uh, was a story that you wrote for Modern Shipper for Freightways.com that uh, came out called "Your Supply Chain Is Calling," and I thought this was really interesting in regards to how our mobile devices are being used by retailers. Could you dive into what this article was about for the audience and, and really describe how um, Samsung is, is using mobile devices, not just for employees, but the mobile devices of customers as well? Sure. Yeah, this, this story is really taking a look at how um, the supply chain doesn't really have an endpoint anymore. Um, you know, you obviously you talk about the point of sale a ton. Uh, and the point of sale is everywhere. Uh, there isn't past it used to just be at the register. Now it's it's at the home. It's it's on on mobile phones. It's in the parking lot. It's curbside, um, and because of that, the supply chain also has to be everywhere. Uh, so what Samsung is doing is they are kind of equipping their their mobile devices. Uh, they can fit in uh, in a pocket or in uh, in a store associate's apron, uh, and from that device in the palm of your hand, you're able to get visibility on all the product in the store where it is on the shelves, what condition it's in, the price it's in. And you're also able to, to use those devices to, uh, to update information about products. Um, and um, you know, Samsung has also taken these um, off of the store floor back room in the warehouse as well, um, giving, uh, giving warehouse workers mobile devices that they can use. Uh, they can use them to point and scan at barcodes. Um, and as they're scanning one barcode, uh, the, the phone is automatically reading others in the area so that you're constantly getting updated on uh, on where supply is. Um, so what Samsung has done is is really bringing this um, this huge all-encompassing topic that is the supply chain and and put it down into the palm of your associates' hands so that they can do more with less. You know, I'm I'm really glad that you touched on the scanning of barcodes like in the now, even the ones that aren't necessarily ones that you're interested at that point in time, because, uh, you know, I've, I think it was with Vincent, Michael Vincent and I on Freightways Now a couple weeks ago, we're talking about one of the last frustrating areas when it comes to retail is that time of an object being picked up by an in-store shopper and it being checked out. And sometimes when supply is down to like one or two being left, you know, you can go to a store's website and it'll say, hey, it's in stock. Uh, but then you get to the store and it still says it's in stock, but it's it's just at that moment being walked around um, with the person who's going to actually end, probably end up buying it. Right. So there's like that gap where you are still not up to date on whether or not that that's been taken. And, and I think 
this type of, of mobile device and using the consumer's devices as well is going to help bring more light to those moments where we're just uncertain of, of what that product is and if it's actually in an in inventory or not. So everyone should go and, and check out that article. It was really great and a really interesting way of seeing how even the, the technologies that maybe we find simple because we all have it in our hands can actually do a lot for, for retailers. Um, now, Jack, I want to actually play a fun game with you that I just came up with that I want to do on the show moving forward. And I figured, why not do it with Jack before I uh, have our other guests work on it as well? But uh, it's a game I'm going to call What Type of Consumer Are You? Uh, we always talk about different consumer trends, and everyone varies. So I figured let's dive into different changing trends and see, are people staying the same? Are they different? And why is that? So the first question for you, Jack, is do you prefer to buy groceries in-store, or, or are you using online and delivery to have your groceries t- uh, delivered to you straight to your home? Uh, that's a doozy. Um, but you know, Grace, I, a year ago, I would have said, uh, I would have said in store, but uh, price permitting, I'm definitely an order online guy now. Um, I, I just think that uh, the technology has just come such a long way um, that you're you're really able to kind of browse the aisles from your phone so effectively at this point. Um, you know, I think really the only obstacle for me is, is just the delivery cost. Sometimes I'd rather not pay that, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of the time, I think I'd rather uh, I'd rather order in and and take the more convenient option. Definitely. Well, especially when gas gets to this point, right? At that, depending on what you're set up with, like for instance, if you have the DoorDash pass, like and dilute fees are are white, it actually makes a lot more sense than having to go get it yourself. So, I am a delivery person as well. The uh, next one is: Would you or have you ever purchased a car online, kind of like the Carvana way? Have I? No. Uh, would I? <laughs> I think absolutely. Um, I've always found it kind of ironic that you have to go drive your car uh, to the dealership to go <laughs> buy a car. Um, so I think it would be uh, really interesting to to have a car just dropped off my 